Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Declan, I thought we agreed that you weren't going to show me up today. That was fantastic. I love how you highlighted God's desire for us to enjoy him and to enjoy our lives. Got to be honest, I'm enjoying having you here in worship. Uh, We've spent the last year learning how to preach to an empty room. And now uh, it's a little disconcerting to have all these eyeballs looking back. So um, it's great to be in worship today on this Palm Sunday. I want you to know that the RPC Mission Auction is coming up in April. The silent auction part will begin on April 11th. You have to download and register for the app. And then you can uh, bid for items. And there are some fantastic items that are going to be up for auction this year. And then the live auction will be April 17th. It'll be a virtual event. You can actually buy baskets to throw and host a little party at your house as you participate online. We want to uh, raise close to $50,000 this year for mission outreach. All the money goes out the door to our mission partners and to do the ministry God calls us to. So invite you to prepare for that. Also invite a friend. And this past Wednesday, if you didn't have a chance to view our Closing the Distance interview, I interviewed Lindsay Slocum, had a, a great time. You don't need a Facebook account. You can, uh, we've put the link in uh, the newsletter that I send out every week. Um, you can go and watch it, or you can watch it live this Wednesday at noon on the Roswell Presbyterian Church Facebook page. I'll be interviewing Emily Wright. We're going to have a blast from the past. If you don't know Emily, she was a firecracker for many years here at RPC, and I really look forward to uh, checking in with her, seeing how God is still working with her and through her down in Austin, Texas. Well, today we continue our sermon series, Through the Cracks. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Our text today tells the story of what's commonly referred to as the triumphant or the triumphal entry. And my question is this, how is it triumphant? Why is it triumphant? Who is triumphant? Let us take a look at this story of Jesus entering Jerusalem for his final time from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately as you enter it, you will, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you by your spirit might speak a word only you can speak. Lord, that you might teach us, transform us in ways that we may not have anticipated, that we might re-understand our lives and the world as you call us to. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had trouble making sense of mixed signals? Have you ever thought that you knew what someone was talking about initially and then only later did you say, oh, I totally misunderstood that. Now I get it. For instance, take the scene in uh, Steve Martin's and John Candy's film, Plane Trains and Automobiles. Steve has fallen asleep and John Candy is driving on the left side of the median. Steve wakes up and the, the car on the other side of the median is honking at them. John Candy thinks they want to race and so he hits the gas. The couple in the, the other car have their window rolled down and they're yelling at him, roll down your window, roll down your window. And eventually S Steve Martin does. The couple yells, you're going the wrong way. Steve turns to John and says, they say we're going the wrong way. And John Candy says, oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Little did he know that they're driving the wrong way on the other side of the median into oncoming traffic. They misunderstand the mixed signals. My wife told me a story about a couple she knew who had been dating and then recently broke up. When the guy broke up with the woman, she could not stop crying. I mean, crying uncontrollably. The guy felt a little bad about breaking up with her, but he was honestly a little smug about it. He was like, oh, she was really into me. He said this to my wife, and my wife was also friends with his ex-girlfriend. So she asked her, said, honey, I'm surprised you cried so much and were so broken up. I didn't realize you were that into him. And the ex responded, oh, I wasn't crying about him. I'm just really going to miss his mom. <laughs> Mixed signals. <laughs> or there's the story of the person who sees that person waving in the surf, and then the lifeguard comes over and says, that person's not waving, they're drowning. Mixed signals. This is the understanding of mixed signals, and there are mixed signals in this story of the triumphal entry. Is it triumphant? Really? Triumphant for whom? Triumphant in what way? The people think it's a triumph for them. They're shouting, laying their coats down, spreading leaves on the ground as Jesus rides into town. They're chanting, blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. There's a kingdom coming. They think he's in the tradition of David. And David was the greatest king in Israel. He was a warrior king. He consolidated the kingdom. But there was much blood on his hands. In fact, God would not let him build or construct the temple because there was so much blood on his hands. And the people think, surely Jesus is going to be like King David. The people of Israel were always looking for their next great leader to help them throw off the chains of their oppressors. And they think they finally got their guy. The problem is, they start throwing a victory party before the victory. 
They think they know what it will take to win, and yet they don't even understand the contest. In their minds, they're probably thinking about a grand revolt. They might even be thinking of 200 years before that, Judas Maccabeus was this great revolutionary Jewish leader. He fought the Seleucid Empire and threw off their oppressive chains. It was this great victory, and after his victory, Judas returns to Judea. In a very similar scene, he enters the city. The people cheer. They cheer his name, and they chant after him, and then he goes into the temple to celebrate his victory. And here we see the people are celebrating as if they've already won. The people already think they know how Jesus will be victorious. He's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. Now the Romans are going to get what's coming to them. We are going to be in charge. They think they've already won, and yet they totally misunderstand what Jesus is about. They don't even know that Jesus is playing an entirely different game. In fact, he comes to change the rules of the game. See, here's one of the great lessons of this story. You always celebrate a victory after you win, not before. We know it's a bad idea to celebrate a victory before the contest even happens. I thought it was great last week when Lindsay was preaching and she told that story about her brother winning and coaching the, the state South Carolina basketball champions. I loved it because it was a great flex on her part and I, everyone knows I love a great flex. But there was this little detail that she threw in. I've been thinking about it all week. I don't know if you caught it last week. She said that their opponent had championship t-shirts celebrating their championship before the game even happened. That's not a good move. Don't get over cocky, overconfident before the game. You may not win. You may misunderstand the game. The people celebrate Jesus on Palm Sunday. But we know by the, the end of the week, they'll have turned on him. They are fickle fans. They're fans of his as long as he will be triumphant as they define triumph, but how fickle they are. Well, how do they misunderstand Jesus' triumphal entry? Jesus tells the disciples to go get a colt, and so they do. It's a mysterious story. It's like he's telling them to commit grand theft auto. It's, it's kind of surprising that the Savior of the world would do this. And Jesus tells them to get a colt. Many translators prefer young donkey rather than colt. In other words, Jesus is, is riding a small, diminutive little work animal. See, the Roman forces would often requisition animal and human labor for their projects. Jesus at least does the courtesy of saying, I'll return it when I'm done. <laughs> See, this is not a, a glorious white horse that a general rides in to battle on. I think Mark is signaling something that Jesus rides in on a small donkey, a young colt. What Jesus comes to bring about and the way he's going to do it, no one sees coming. And as he enters Jerusalem, the people begin shouting. And the words they're shouting come from the ancient prophecies and they knew their ancient Jewish prophecies. They would have known the, the passage from the prophet Zechariah, Zechariah 9.9. 9. 
It reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. There's that word, triumphant. But notice how Zechariah defines triumph. He says, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey. They see Jesus, the people do as triumphant, but they miss the humble part. In the words, the people shout as Jesus enters into the city. Here's what they say. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. They're quoting from Psalm 118. Here's the interesting part. They only quote from part of the psalm. They forget to quote the previous verses. Listen to verse 22. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The stone the builders rejected. You see the mixed signals here. The victory march comes with rejection. There's a night, there's a darkness that must come before the light can shine, before they can achieve victory. It's not totally smooth sailing. There will be rejection. Jesus knew this. In fact, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record Jesus' teaching explicitly from Psalm 118. And he gets to this exact point, that there's a cost that you have to be willing to pay to enter the kingdom. But the, the people want the kingdom without a cross. They want a victory without a price. They don't want to pay the cost. They want it for free. There is a popular stream of American Christianity that wants a kingdom without a cross. You see, we often love the ecstasy of the crossroads, but not the agony of the cross. American theologian H. Richard Niebuhr once summarized this stream of American Christianity saying about it, it wants a God without wrath, brought to men without sin, into a kingdom without judgment, through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. In the language of our sermon series, we might say, people want the light, but they don't want to deal with the cracks. But Christ comes with the cross. And because of that, we can acknowledge the cracks of life. Remember, that's how the light gets in. And this is a tough truth. But this is the reality of the Christian life. Jesus experiences it alongside us by his spirit. We are not alone. But because of this, we can see our world for what it is. We can see our place in it. We can see the cracking of creation. The parts that were cracked before we ever got here. And yes, the cracking that we do ourselves. But we also, because of Jesus Christ, can wait in hope for God's light to shine in. Today is Confirmation Sunday. Welcoming these young people into the Christian faith, into our church body as they take hold of their faith for themselves. And one of the things I always want to do for young people when they make that decision. So I want to say following the road, following Jesus leads to a good life, but it does not lead to a perfect life. 
There will be temptations, trials, and travails. There will be cracks and crosses to bear. But it's through those cracks, it's by carrying those crosses that Christ's light shines in. And so we come alongside other travelers on that journey encouraging one another. Did you know that the triumphal entry is recorded in all four of our Gospels? I've read this story hundreds of times. I've preached on it more times than I can count. And as I've looked in the details and I've looked at the, the mixed messages, I said there's only one who gets it right. There's only one who, whose example we ought to follow. And that's right, it's the donkey. <laughs> Only the donkey does the right thing. He calmly and courageously carries his burden that he's called to carry and takes Jesus with him. Jesus rides on a, a little young donkey and the donkey simply carries him where he needs to go. The donkey's not trained for it. He's never had anybody ride him before. There's no saddle. They have to use people's jackets. People are, are shouting and singing. And the donkey just slowly clops along. It takes Jesus to go confront the powers that be. And that donkey just plays his little part. And I think we are called to be like that donkey to play our little part. We're called to play a small part and carry Jesus wherever we go. One evening after she won the Nobel Peace Prize for her work, she had in ministry among the poorest of the poor in India. Mother Teresa was interviewed on The Tonight Show by Johnny Carson himself. Carson joked with Mother Teresa about how difficult it must be to let the notoriety and her, the fortune from going to her head. He was completely unprepared for her response. Mother Teresa reminded Carson of that famous ride into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday with the thousands and thousands of people cheering him on. And then she says this, do you think, Mr. Carson, for one moment, that that little donkey thought all the applause was for him? Old Johnny was speechless. I love that. Mother Teresa didn't confuse the notoriety and applause, thinking it was all for her. She was like that donkey, acknowledging it was for Christ. And so the question becomes, are we willing to follow in the tradition of the donkey to carry Jesus wherever we go, doing whatever he asks, asking for no credit for ourselves? I think that's the great, or at least one of the great triumphs of this story. The donkey plays his little role in what God is doing. Friends, we can do the same thing in our small ways. I am reminded what Mother Teresa once said, rarely can we do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Just like that donkey, I think that's the message for us this Palm Sunday. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the witness of that little animal. Lord, we pray that we might 
be humble, and play our small part in the ministry you've called us, taking us, taking you wherever you call us. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.